Restart. <laughs> Sorry. My bad. You can just cut that out. It's fine. We'll save it for the bloopers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Okay. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to our hilarious intro. <laughs> Don't mind me, I just have Monday brain. It's okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Monday's Monday. We all have those days. <laughs> oh yeah. Except it's like every day for me. But that's okay. We're just gonna roll with it and see where we get to. Yes. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the River Heights Buzz podcast. Uh we are your hosts. I'm Alexa, and I'm joined by Candace. Hey. um today we'll be talking about season three episode three and what a wild episode yet again this was yeah it really was it really was i think i want to start by talking about the idea of them going to not necessarily a comic convention, but a convention. I really thought that was interesting and very modern for today's world. Because, I mean, you know, comic cons are super popular. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to one, but I've been to a couple. And, yeah, it's like a nerd herd. But (laughs) if you're into it, you're with your own people that are also super into it. And it can be a lot of fun. Um, and I thought that that was a really modern twist that they did. Um, and I love that kind of stuff. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but detective stuff and true crime stuff is is always interesting to me. I've never been to like a con before, um, but it seemed like, yeah, it's definitely more modern. And like the the detective con was totally in the cruise realm because it was all detective-y kinds of themes yeah and it's like they just fit right in oh yeah yeah absolutely so i thought that that was really interesting um and i will also say and i'm i'm hoping that they stay with this um nace nancy and ace is so real I feel like it's getting more real every episode and I don't know if you caught it, but I think that George was starting to catch on. In the I think she, I think she is a little bit. <laughs> Saw that look. Um, I'm literally going to die if something doesn't happen between the two of them by the end of the season. Um, and I think a lot of people feel the same way. The tension I feel is like, building more and more each week um so i really hope that they even if they don't end up dating like if we can just have a kiss that would be great (laughs) i think i think that the fans will riot if there was like nothing that ends up happening oh my god like i think i mentioned last week i don't know how much you're into twitter but there is hold on i gotta find it i gotta give them a shout out because it's hysterical. It's like Nancy Drew struggle. Is it Nancy? It's 
the name is Nancy Drew Struggle Tweets. And the like username, like the at is Nancy D Struggles. And um not sure if this is a girl or a guy that's running it. So I'm just gonna say they. Um, they take screenshots of other people's tweets. And it's hysterical the way that some people are just so far down the rabbit hole, so deep into looking at every little nuance of pictures that Kennedy, who plays Nancy, posts and just trying to piece things together. It's hysterical. So if you're into Twitter, like I said, the at is at Nancy D struggles. If you want a good laugh. I think I might check that out. <laughs> um, yeah, because a lot of people on there are NACE fans. So if you're interested, you can see other people's struggles like mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That, that's and one thing. If I had, if I had one wish for how the season goes, is that something is going to happen with Nancy and Ace. I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. That's my wish. I second that. <laughs> okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> <sighs> and also at the Detective Con, George has her own fan club. <laughs> I was very confused about that. I almost thought that it was something shady and sketchy. Like, I didn't know if temperance was in on it or if it was something else supernatural. I was very confused at first by that. I don't know about you. Yeah. At first I was kind of like, what is this whole thing about? Like, where is this going to go? Is it like a good thing or a bad thing? And, you know, at first I was kind of like, how is George going to be like feel about this? Mm-hmm. But then like you could tell that she was kind of like, eh, like what's going on? Like has all these questions. And then eventually at the end of the episode, she's like, yeah, I think I might enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. But I will say the girl who was like in charge of the booth, how clueless are you to think that that George was a cosplay? Like nobody is that good at dressing as someone else. Like that was very obviously George. Like that was yeah. not makeup. That was not a costume. Like, but anyway. If you actually follow along like with George, how could you not know it's George? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> she is very distinct in her personality and the way she carries herself, like, I don't know how somebody could act like that. And like I said, I mean, would have been, had to have been, like, award-winning cosplay. But, yeah, that's just my opinion. Um, and while we're talking about, like, the weird parts of the beginning, another place that I was incredibly confused at was as they were driving the car to the con and things were kind of weird. I almost thought in my brain, because anything can happen in this, you know, world of Nancy Drew. I thought they had gone through almost like a time warp. Because yeah. I don't know if you caught it or not, but the music started playing like older style music in the car. Almost yeah, like noticed music. And I'm like, wait a minute this is kind of weird. Like what is happening? But and, I guess that, like, that wasn't I, what happened. <laughs> <laughs> and it did seem like that. And plus two, another thing with 
like, you know, George, Ace, and Nancy, they had like the whole 1950 case box. And it's almost like the guy that died in the electric chair, he was like reenacting the whole, almost like the whole thing that happened. Yeah. So I was very confused by that. And in, while at the beginning of the episode in my brain, what I thought was happening was they took this box from that warehouse or whatever you want to call it. And I thought by their action of taking that box was what messed with like the time continuum or whatever you would call it. And I thought that was the reason why they might have shifted. Cause like I said, it's freaking Nancy drew anything can happen clearly as we've seen. So I wouldn't have put it past them for it to be some kind of time warp because they took that box kind of like the butterfly effect. You know, you do one thing and it totally changes the way that the world works. And um, so I thought that was the road that they were going down, but I guess I was just confused. Go figure. Yeah. And Ace's car kind of went with that old fashioned kind of theme because it's, not like a trendy new car it's like an older model of a car (laughs) yeah yeah exactly I feel like they easily could have gone down that route but maybe it's good that they didn't just because I guess we kind of were thinking that way so maybe it was just they were trying to keep us on our toes which I swear to god they do every week at least for me like I never know what's going to happen um no but yeah so that was my main confusion of this week's episode um but I do, I do like the way that they went. Um, and talking about that box, when they were taking um, the box and they, they, you know, spoiler, spoiler alert, burned the items. As soon as I saw Ace pick up that matchbook, I was like, oh, no, this is not going to end well. This is a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing this? This is like rookie level mistake. If he's learned anything from George, <laughs> it wouldn't have happened with this whole thing. Exactly. The, yeah. Like, has he not been paying attention this whole time with George? I mean, for a lack of a better explanation, being possessed by a spirit, which apparently is shortening her life. Like, have you not learned anything from this? Like, we've been doing this for how long now? Come on, nothing good can be taken from this. Like, you got to burn all the stuff, period. Yeah. Now, like, when Ace gave the matchbook to the grandma of the podcaster, I'm like, please don't make her be the next possessed person. That was another, that was where I thought it was going to. I was very, very confused. And speaking of that podcaster, which I thought was hilarious, and again, a very modern, you know, take on it. um, I don't know about you, but I got really weird vibes from her. Like, at first, I thought she was, like, up to no good. I don't know exactly how far, but she just didn't seem all the way, like, good to me. I don't know what your thoughts are. Yeah, she seemed almost sketchy in a way. It's, you know, she wanted the box to find answers, which led to the iced heart hole thing. But then it's like, really, do you really need it? <laughs> yeah. It's, further the podcast. It seemed very strange 
to me. Um, and how quickly she realized that the stuff in the box was fake. It's like, I mean, I guess, I guess you're going to kind of come off that way. If you're interested in that kind of stuff, I can see how people would think that you're kind of shady, but I felt like she didn't really do anything to make herself not seem shady. If that makes sense. Like, I don't, I don't know. It just, it sat really weird with me and made me wonder if maybe she's going to play a bigger role maybe later on. And like, did they actually put things back, like random things in the box after they burned everything? Cause I don't, I didn't see them put stuff in there again. I guess it was random stuff, which to me, I mean, that's, that's not very Nancy Drew of them. Like, <laughs> Just picking random stuff. I feel like would be easy to figure out that the box was faked and that that stuff wasn't really what was in there originally. So I don't, I don't think they actually showed what they put in there, but that's kind of what I thought was that they were just picking random stuff to put in there. Um, but it just, it seemed very odd to me. Um, and like I said, that, that podcast girl, what was her name? Lacey? Something like that. I think, I think, yeah, my notes say Lacey. I'm reading off of my notes in case anybody was curious. Um, uh, yeah, she just, she seems strange and very, very, very interested, like more so than like your average person would be interested. So in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, she has something else to do with this. Like not just some random person that has absolutely nothing to do with it is going to be that invested and that interested. Um, so I could kind of see where they were going with that. Yeah. And like, I felt bad for the grandma too, because back then and like that time, like the grandma's black, the mm-hmm. man, Joe Kelly, he was a white man mm-hmm. and people like an interracial couple would get lots of backlash. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Like, I'm yeah. not saying that people like nowadays they people probably get the same kind of backlash, but it was more so back then, I feel like, than it is now almost. Yeah, yeah. And that was actually something else that was in my notes was that that they didn't focus a lot on that. But to me, I like the little historical aspects in that because, I mean, that is how it was back then. Like, it was, like, really taboo for um interracial um, couples to exist. I I know that they did. I mean, there's no way that they didn't exist, Um, but it's just something that, you know, you didn't talk about. It wasn't um, out there in the open. And I just, I thought that that was an interesting touch that they're kind of bringing um, real world issues into it. And I think it's just another way that they're kind of modernizing Nancy, which is really good. I I think is a good step in the right direction. Um, Yeah. And, like, I'm so glad that it was, like, even last season, Ace's dad being deaf, mm-hmm. the inter the interracial couple mm-hmm. between the grandma and Joe, mm-hmm. and, like, even the Drew crew, not, like, all of them are not just white people. There's white yes. and, and Ace, I don't know if it's, I'm saying this properly, but George, she's, with her... Asian I want to say mm-hmm. and then 
Nick is black. Mm-hmm. Bess is English. You know, so it's people from all these different like backgrounds and everything and their stories. It's nice that they're incorporating that all in the show mm-hmm. instead of just kind of like brushing it under the rug, I guess you could yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, they're giving them all their own very distinct stories and plot lines and backgrounds instead of just kind of making them fade into the background and just focusing on Nancy. It kind of, by humanizing them and giving them all their own stories, it's kind of bringing the whole thing together that um, Nancy needs help. She can't do it all on her own. And I think she's slowly starting to realize that because I feel like she... um, was almost kind of like in an outcast role in the beginning, like the very beginning of the series. And I think she's really kind of blossomed into realizing this is a group effort. Everyone is bringing their own thing to the table and we work better together as a team. Um, So seeing that progression in all of their characters has been really interesting. Um, And then since we're talking about them, another one of my main thoughts was the George and Nick relationship. To me, I feel like we're drifting apart. A little bit, I think. Almost to the point that I would not be surprised if they end up not getting married. As much as they do seem to like care about each other and love each other, it almost does seem like there is a little bit of a drift that's starting between them Mm -hmm. and it's as much as we want them to be happy you know it's almost heartbreaking in a way Mm -hmm. but that's just one thing that really stuck out to me and I, I wonder almost if it's because despite the fact that they've been through so much and have grown in that way they're still so young yeah. So they haven't really experienced life and, you know, seeing other people and things of, of that nature. And I feel like, feel like it might go back towards George kind of always being the mother figure to her siblings. Um, and I almost wonder if maybe George feels like she needs to do that to bring some kind of normalcy to their life. But I wonder if she's going to realize this is a big step, you know? Yeah. And I almost want to tell George, like, hey, take a step back. You're the big sister. You're not your mom. Yes. You know, as much as, yes, you want to be like that mother kind of figure to your younger sisters. Like, that's not your role at the end of the day you know right right (laughs) and it's not just in the show it's like happens all a lot oh yeah everyday life yeah and like she doesn't have to necessarily set a good example of trying to settle down and and be that responsible role in her sister's lives you can do that by making the decision hey this is like a, a big adult decision. I don't need to rush into this. And it, that being a responsible reaction to it as well. And being a good example as well. 
So I don't, I just, I feel like there's really like tiny hints here and there um, that things are, are not quite as strong as we all first thought. And I think that um, the sisters all trying their relationship in various different ways, like the taking of the engagement ring and the other sister um, cannot remember her name, uh, starting the fan fans. You know, I feel like those examples are just, I'm going to say small ways, even though they're not really small, but small ways of acting out, trying to get that attention. Like, yeah. hey, don't forget about me. I know you have these big adult things that you're doing and you're engaged and you're going to be married and you're running a restaurant, but don't forget me. I'm in the background kind of thing. You, you see what I mean? Yeah. And remember George and Nick are like 18, 19. Like, exactly. not, like, like that's like, so young. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not mid to late twenties, you know, when people start like, getting engaged, planning a wedding, you know, <laughs> like yes. you're still young. You don't yes, need to rush into it. <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. And I, I understand that George thinks that she has this hanging over her head, that her life is going to be shortened because of the attachment with Odette. Like I, I get that, but like is that even confirmed? Like, do we even know if that's, I mean, that was said that, yeah, her life span is going to be shortened, but is that really the scenario? Is that really what's going to happen? I mean, who knows? Yeah. I'm not sure where that whole thing will lead, but I'm hopefully not badly. <laughs> Well, I don't want anything bad to happen to them, like to the point that they break up and it like splits up part of the group. Like, I don't want that to happen, but because uh, I there feel like if probably, you go be, down that path. Yeah. There would probably be like tension, though. Yeah. And, I mean, if they can't get out of that awkward tension phase, then it's like, what do you do? Someone someone has to make an exit then to make it bearable for the rest. Like, so I, I hope it doesn't come down to that. Yeah. But I guess we will just have to wait and see. Um, speaking of relationships and status of relationships, uh, kind of bouncing around here, but I swear that's just how my brain works. And I apologize to our listeners for that. Um, but let's talk about Bess and how, once again, she's going through some stuff. Yeah. Like, can't I, she I just so bad for her? Yeah. Can't you just take a break from the dating scene for a while? <laughs> I feel like she needs to. And I felt so bad for her in the beginning of this episode because it was like, she wasn't desperate to talk about what was going on, but she wanted to talk about what was going on and everybody had their own thing. No one was seeing that she needed to talk. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, this. <laughs> but like that kind of leads into it too, where it's, 
there's still communication stuff going on that they need to work on. Yeah. And it's not like a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, so. Which I guess you could circle back and just say, you know, like you said, these are all teenagers um, or close to 20, early twenties. Like you don't have everything figured out at that point. You're still learning about yourself and how best you communicate and deal with situations. And it's like, you get five people like that together in a group and there's going to be times when it's awkward. Like that's just part of it. There's no way really around that. Um, But I think that they do a really good job of showing that and it makes it seem more real. Yeah. And it almost seems to like with the whole group, it's like Bess almost seems like the odd one out almost because it's like, she does because it was at the beginning of the whole uh, show, uh, Nancy and Nick were together. They split up. Now it's Nick and George together. Nancy and Ace are kind of at that point where it's like, will they be a couple? You know, they're just kind yeah. of floating around. And then there's Bess, who's trying to figure all that out. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I get that. But if you recall earlier in the show, I feel like Ace had a thing for Bess and then Bess realized not feeling that way about you, like you as a friend, we can continue our friendship. And now I feel like they have a really special friendship, which I think was highlighted in this episode, um, episode three, um, when Ace was having the the weird, um, for a lack of a better word, when he was possessed by that spirit of um, that man from the 1950s. And Bess was right there. She was like making sure he was okay and was taking care of him. And I thought that that was really sweet. And I think I like their, their friendship. I think they have a very sweet kind of closer friendship. Yeah. It's nice to see like their relationship like bloom more. And I, I found, (laughs) I found it kind of funny when like they were talking and Bess is trying to be like almost protective of Ace. And he's like, you're momming me. Yeah. And like, and she's I mean, like no, I'm not. Yeah. She kind of was. <laughs> to be honest, she kind of was. But I feel like that that kind of dynamic works for their friendship. Um, and like I said, I, I, I agree with you um, that it, it's been nice to see their friendship kind of blossom because I feel like they almost have a stronger bond than the rest of them. Um I think you could even argue that it might be a little bit stronger than the, the relationship between George and Nick. And I, I mean, I realize that that obviously is a romantic relationship, but I, I feel like you can have a deep relationship with someone that's just your friend and it's not romantic, but it can still be a deep connection and deep relationship. I wish that that was more normalized, honestly. Because there's so many, like, friendships between, like, individuals of the opposite sex. And people are always like, are you dating? When are you going to date? You know, like, and people, there's been so many times where people are like, no, we're not going to date. We're just really good friends. And that should be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it should be more normalized. Because I think that those kinds of friendships, especially when it's the opposite sex and you are bringing 
very different ideas um, to the friendship, I, I think that's what makes them special and what makes them work. And it doesn't have to turn romantic. It can turn romantic, but it doesn't have to. And I, I think that um, Ace and Bess are a really good example of that. So I'm excited to see where their friendship goes uh, as time goes on. And I hope that even if Nace becomes a thing, I hope that that doesn't <laughs> get in the way of his friendship with Bess, which I don't see how it, it really could um, at this point. So um, let me see. Talking about Bess still um, and her just issues with dating. I agree with you. Um, her little makeout session that she had. I mean, that's all fine and dandy. Um, but I do feel like she is putting most of her identity into whatever kind of romantic relationship she's in, whether that be something serious or something just on the fly. And I feel like that's just a really good way of getting hurt. Yeah. I think that's something that we're, we're seeing with her character because I truly do think that she was hurt earlier in the series um, I cannot remember that character's name. Elizabeth. Yes. Thank you. Um, I feel like that went south and I feel like that really messed Bess up for a while. And she needs to figure out her feelings with that, come to grips with that and how it didn't work out before she can move on and have something successful. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's like, she just needs that time to almost like breathe in a way and yes. like recover from it. And yes. it just doesn't be like back to back, like relationship after relationship, because that could take a toll on somebody. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And I, I would hate to see that happen to her character because I feel like, I feel like she's on the right path of, of figuring things out. She's just got to get there, but I feel like she can get there. Yeah. So Fingers I'm hoping crossed. that that's what happens. I'm hoping that's what happens for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think that that gets me to the end of everything, unless I am missing something entirely. Um, um, at the end when Nancy, like the whole, with the podcast host and Nancy was trying to draw out the Roderick Hart guy mm -hmm. and with like the killer, the ice heart killer. Yes. And, and so so she, Nancy's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to just go go to the car, grab my notes. You know, I'll be back when, like, the commercial break is done. And so she was going to go outside. And then the guy comes up behind her, like, sneaks up. And before the cops take him away, he's like, there's, like, a bigger kind of plan. Like, bigger, mm -hmm. like, something going on. And he's just, like, the first like chapter almost and like the bigger scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is, that's one of my favorite things about this series is that all these episodes are different and are following different storylines, but there is one overarching theme. So I'm assuming that this frozen hearts killer is going to be this overarching theme for this season. Um, so I'm kind of interested to see, what happens with that. Um, and I was just thinking back to when I was watching this episode, my husband brought up a good point. Our two dads weren't in it. I know. I was really starting to like that dynamic. Um, so I'm hoping that they're in next week's episode 
just because I think that that's another relationship um, that is really kind of blossoming and, and uh, I'm excited to see where they head with that. Yeah. I hope uh, to see them next week too. <laughs> I miss them. I know. I know. Cause they're so, <laughs> they're so funny together because it's like Ryan just doesn't have a clue. And, and you know, Carson's trying his best to help him, but I feel like Ryan has grown a lot in his role as a father. And I feel like he's really starting to embrace that. And he cares about Nancy. Um, and I think that that's what she needs are, you know, strong parental types in her life to kind of guide her in the right direction. Cause she's independent. She's strong. She knows what she's doing, but she still need guidance too. You know, I mean, she's still 18 years old, 19 years old. Yeah. So, so it's almost like the new dad meets the experienced dad. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, like, it's almost like, I don't I just thought about it like the grandpa versus the dad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it's like. Absolutely. Um, and then one more random thought while I was just thinking about it and I was looking at my notes and this is kind of an overall overarching thing. Um, I love the costume choices that they make for Nancy because I feel like it's a very, I'm not going to say it's a subtle nod because I don't think it's subtle because I know the different facets of Nancy and like Nancy from the thirties, from the books to Nancy in the games. Um, but just the classic, like striped outfits, um, basic pieces, the scarf that she wears around her neck, I feel is like a very nice nod to the classic Nancy Drew that I think of in my head when I think of Nancy. Yeah. Like I really her, appreciated that. Even her car is a blue convertible. Yes, which I can very much appreciate. Yeah. So I like that they have kept some classic aspects, but have made her modern in other ways. So I feel like she can appeal to a wider audience of fans. Yeah. And I think it makes her more timeless in yeah. that aspect. So I hope that Nancy's going to be around for a while. And considering she's been around since 1930, I don't think she's going anywhere. No. And I'm hoping that like more young girls will read Nancy Drew and be like, hey, this is an independent individual who can do anything that she puts her mind to. And she will not stop looking and you know, it will not stop until she reaches the end goal. Yeah. I mean, she's a, a really great role model for young girls. Um, and I know that uh, if I ever have uh, a little girl that she's going to know who Nancy Drew is. Yeah. I was like thinking if I ever did have a daughter, like what if I just had her name or one of her names be something Nancy Drew related. Um, I totally am on board with that. 100%. <laughs> I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Well, I think that about covers it for this week's episode. I think so. Okay. 
So thank you for listening to this week's episode of River Heights Buzz podcast. You can check us out on Instagram at River Heights Buzz, or you can email us at riverheightsbuzz at gmail.com. Check us out next week as we dive into season three, episode four.